here we go, here we go, another Dominion Sonship Live coming to you. A big day today, a big day today, because we'll be talking about big things. And one of the biggest things is really uh, continuing in our walk in Christ. It is continuing and being found faithful to the very end so that we can hear our Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. And part of that word faithful is that we be found faithful to him to the very end. That we be found faithful to his truth. That we be found faithful to his love above all. That we be found faithful in our placement in Christ. And so the title for today is Continue in the Faith. I believe um, just walking with my own self and knowing who I am and uh, really gleaning more and more what the Lord has placed in me. I think this is really the message of dominion sonship and it is fight the good fight of faith. It is continuing that which the Lord has entrusted you with. It is don't give up, never quit, but persevere through the moment. Reckon yourself dead in the flesh and alive to God in the spirit and overcome all opposition because you now through your new birth have already overcome all. So really that is my moment in God. It's really my own persuasion. It's my own um, internal communication. It's how I, I wake up in the morning. I'm making it today. It's how I finish at night. I finish strong today. It is truly the persuasion of of, of who I am. And so today, last night, I was very quiet and I, um, had been for the week sort of pondering a lot of these themes, staying on track. It's not giving up. The Lord whispered, actually, I was in Colossians and from Colossians, I read it. And this is the title, Continuing the Faith. But before we get to Colossians 1 23, I wanted to, I wanted to read to you what Paul is talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, who was a pastor, who was a, disciple of Paul's who had been trained under Paul, who was a, a faithful son to Paul. At the very end, uh, Paul commends uh, Timothy's faithfulness to him and to the call of God in Paul's life. And and here to this, to this highly trusted servant, to this highly trusted spiritual son, Paul is writing to him in 1 Timothy chapter 4, if we can go there, in verse 1. He's communicating, Paul is communicating to Timothy what the Holy Spirit spoke to him about this last hour. And we know we don't have to be biblical scholars or deep in theology of the book of Revelation to recognize that this is not normal living anymore. There is a, a big shift that happened at some point and it's happening on a daily basis. And the only thing it's looking like it's the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Prior to that, there will be a restoration of all things. There will be a great harvesting of souls. There will be a great proclamation of the freedom of the gospel. And so we don't quit and will not be mesmerized by lying symptoms and deceiving voices to make us quit, to make us stop in our tracks. And we'll be like those long distance runners. I love long distance runners because you see them going around the loop. I mean, I'm talking loop. I don't know. Is it 400 meters each, 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 each loop on, on the big fields? And 
and you go one and twice and, and you lose track and they keep running and they keep running and you keep running and, and some are, uh, run barefoot. I'm thinking of the canyons and, and they just persevere and they're, they're slight build because as a long distance run, there's barely any fat, your lean muscle and, 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 and there they are. They finally cross the line and that's when they say it's done and that's when they collapse. And I believe that's what, it's not like we're going to collapse when we see the Lord Jesus Christ outside of worship. We will. But that's when, that's when you stop the run, when you finish the finish line. There, if you haven't finished the finish line, if you haven't crossed here from over there to meet the Lord on the other side, then you're still in the race. You're still running. You're still running. Maybe you stopped. Maybe you took a little break. Okay, time to jump back in the race. There's a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. Run, 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 daughter. Run, son. And this is what Paul was talking to Timothy. Run this race. Don't quit. Fight the good fight of faith. With the prophecies that have been entrusted to you, now wage a good warfare. It is a fight. It is a war. It is a race. It, what that means to me, endurance is required continuing is required not giving up is required keeping on keeping on is required which tells me me of myself if it was just me up to myself I might have quit a long time ago but because of the Holy Spirit because of the Holy Spirit because of the love of God that has been shed abroad in our heart to constantly affirm to us that we are loved to constantly affirm to us get up Desi you're doing it get up Desi you're making it don't quit now Desi think on those things that are that are above that are pure that are think on those things meditate my word Desi don't don't faint right now Desi because if you don't faint you will what that which we've sown, we'll reap. We'll reap that which we've sown. And so here, here we see the heart of Paul to Timothy. Now the Spirit, as the Holy Spirit expressly says, which tells him the Holy Spirit communicates, we know that. But we have to remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit within us is expressly saying to us, even us this day, these very words, he's expressly saying to us that in the latter times, which is right now the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some will walk away. Giving heed. How are they going to walk away? What will cause them to walk away? Here he says, giving heed to deceiving spirits. The way the Holy Spirit speaks, deceiving spirits speak as well. Just because you're hearing a voice does not always mean it's the Holy Spirit. And that's why the daily abiding in the Word of God to know what He says to you. So you can discern truth from error. So you can perceive because you've trained your senses to know that which is pure and right and good. To know the good voice of your shepherd versus the lying, uh, lustful sound of the enemy. And this is what he keeps saying. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons. What? Doctrines. Be careful not to get stuck in a doctrine. And not read the word of God and receive correction and adjustment from the word of God. 
Be careful not to get so religiously minded that you actually miss, miss this expressed voice of the Spirit. Be careful not to say, well, this is what I've been taught from generations. It's been in my local church. And so, you know, it's how it is. And I will not hear anything else. Be careful not to harden your, your heart today against the lead of the Holy Ghost that is always found in the Word of God. Weigh everything with this word. Let this word be the judge and the final say-so of all that you believe. And that's why the renewing of the mind, that we're constantly stripping down these arguments, arguments, whether they be above the love of God, arguments that are telling me, really, Desi, God doesn't love you like he loves so-and-so, or really, Desi, you, you really need to earn the love of God. you got to prove to God you love him, because if you don't, then, you know, you're not earning your way with God. And though it might not sound exactly that way, but how often do we catch ourselves wanting to earn God's approval when we have it? When we already have his approval. Now, it doesn't mean that he approves every action that leads me astray from him because here we recognize he doesn't. What is approved is that I am now in Christ. And because I am now in Christ, I'm sitting far above all powers and principality. That's my approval from God. That I am now, because of the blood of Christ, above reproach, blameless. And he's like, that's my approval of God. And as we meditate and as we allow this truth to transform our thoughts that I really am above this moment, that I really don't have to heed that deceiving spirit. I really don't have to pay attention to the torment that showed up in, uh, let's say, at night last night. I really don't have to believe a lie, that I really am above a lie. I really am loved of my father. That moment we are in his approval. Not that I had to climb in my mind to get it. No, because I recognize of what he's done for me. He didn't withhold his son. He didn't withhold the one, the one faithful son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that walked in perfect obedience. He didn't withhold his son. His son came to die for us. So we can now have a message of continuing this walk of Christ. He didn't give up on us. He never quit on us. And so when I recognize what he has done for me, at that moment, I, rec I am already approved based on a finished work, based on a work of redemption, a salvation that has been assured in the broken body and in the blood of Christ that now, like I believe it was last week we read from John 6, that I can drink the blood and I can eat his flesh, his bread, and I am a disciple indeed if I do partake in the elements of his body that I do partake in his life, that I do partake in his truth, because when I continue in the truth of this word, I'm his disciple indeed. I have a lot of verses. And starting this morning, I was like, you know what, I'm going to read all my little verses. I'm already, yeah, I haven't even touched the first verse. So let's go back, put our eyes here. What is the Spirit speaking through Paul? to Timothy and to us today. Expressly the Spirit spoke to him that in the latter time some will depart from the faith. And this is where we decide we'll not. We'll continue. We'll not. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, 
speaking lies and hypocrisy, speaking lies and hypocrisy. That sounds like a pharmaceutical spirit. We're not Pharisees, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, hardening their heart towards the love of God, hardening their heart towards the ultimate sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. But those who believe and know the truth, for every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. I don't want to go into this particular to the tail end here regarding food, but I just want to focus on the first part. The first part is that we now can make a decision to continue in the faith and not depart. So from here, first Colossians. But what, what follows after here? Sorry, if we go back to where we were departing from the truth, departing from the faith, I believe all the other lines are means by which we can depart from the faith. It's like a list of means by which we can depart from the faith, such as doctrines of demons and hypocrisy and including certain actions where food is concerned. And so that you can meditate in your quiet time. But let's go to Colossians 1. Only God is our God. Food is not our God. We don't bow down to food. God alone is our healer and deliverer from all evil. And keeps me intact for the rest of my life. So Colossians 1, mm, 21. And you, this is Paul writing to the Colossians and Colossi, the believers. And you who once were alienated, we were all once alienated and enemies where? In our mind, in our mind, the biggest opposition to the truth and the love of God is found in your mind. It is in your mind that you alienated from God. It is in your mind, it's in your carnal perceptions that really you're being alienated from God. And it is really, that is the, the beginning of where we start departing from the faith of that which we're persuaded by God within our heart. And we allow the lies that the enemy whispers in our minds and renewed patterns of thought to really deviate, from, deviate us and take us astray from that which we believe in our heart to be truth. So once we were aliens in our minds, enemies of God, by wicked works, and you see, when you're an enemy of God in your mind, you will do wicked works. You will do wicked works. So the issue is not the works. You want to stop the wicked work, transform your mind. The mind is the reset button. The mind renew is the reset button where you walk in the fullness of your salvation, where you walk in the fullness of your inheritance. It's in the mind. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of, of his flesh through death. So recognize now the reconciliation is through his body that he died through, through death to present you, what? Holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So he has done the work 
of redemption. He has done the work of sanctification, of a presentation of you before his God. As Christ is so are we now in the sight of God that we are holy, that we are blameless in the sight of God because of this finished work that through his flesh that he died. Blameless, above reproach in his sight. But look at verse 23. Look at verse 23. The clinch. Look at the 23. If, if, if indeed you continue in the faith, which is telling me that I don't have to continue if I choose not to continue. Although it's all done, although in his sight I'm pure and blameless, although the work of salvation and redemption is fully complete, I can if I want to not continue, I can park and I can go your way. And like Paul says, I can depart. I can depart. Away from God. Away from God. And yet we know when we come into the kingdom of God, the zeal and the passion. I remember myself. I remember myself and I've watched some um Friends that would have crossed over into the new kingdom of God through revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and the transformation and the, the power of the impact in their own spirit, soul, and body, like a transformation at that moment. And, and I've also watched some depart. I've also watched how this fire, I have, I, I have to always check myself to not let this power of persuasion go dim. Just, just wane down like a candle. Just, just, just dissipate. The flame be toned down. If indeed you continue in the faith, and this is it, grounded and steadfast, found in the word and persevering in the word, grounded and steadfast, and are not, look at that, moved away. From the hope of the gospel. It has to do with the gospel. It has to do with the word of God. You cannot let, it's kind of like, you know, I'm thinking of running a race and here comes a chump like this, 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 this guy and wants to like move me out of the way. Just, just comes uh, like blindsided and just, no, you keep running. You keep running. You got the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that's in you than the one that's in the world. And so don't be distracted just because you got a hit. Don't be distracted just because you maybe you, you tripped over and you broke bruised and skinned you need keep get up and run get up and run keep being grounded if God be for me who can be against me keep being steadfast the Holy Ghost is in me the energizer body of God he is in me he is my life I have the Christ life within me I keep going I keep going I reckon all things dead back there and one thing I know is I keep pressing I keep pressing it's how I talk to myself how I talk to myself because Paul told him it's a war it's a war. It's a fight. It's a race. He didn't say it's a walk in the park. He didn't say it's a little stroll down your, your, your neighborhood alley street. In other parts of the world, it says content for that which was entrusted to you. Lay hold of the truth. I think of the two messages a few weeks ago was... Um, Stand fast and hold fast. And then the next one that followed after that Sunday message uh, was... Um, Stay on top. And um, they really moved in this manner. But we just, we just, we, we, we coming back to revisit the theme and just uh, take note to, for ourselves that we do have a part to play. That we have to be grounded and steadfast. 
not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. The message of truth that we have heard. So it's not being accountable to something I haven't heard. It's something we have heard. We will give an account. We will give an account for that which we have heard of God. And we can't go say, na 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 na, I didn't hear, didn't hear, did not hear. I'm going to choose to forget I didn't hear God. No, no, I didn't hear. You know you've heard. I know I've heard. Which was preached to every creature under heaven, and which I, Paul, became a minister. Let's go to 1 Timothy 4. Back to 1 Timothy. Actually, we haven't, did we read anything? Yeah, we read a bit. Yeah, we read from chapter 4. So this will be chapter 4, 16. Take heed to yourself. Check on yourself. Check on yourself today. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. Continue in the faith. Don't let anyone move you away from this persuasion. Stay grounded. Stay steadfast. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will what? Save both yourself and those who hear you. So we are seeing here that this walk of our salvation has to do with our engagement with the world. We have to continue in this walk of faith. We can't just quit and, and say it's all up to God. It's all up to God. Let's go to chapter 6, 11. But you, O man of God. So here he said in chapter 4, Take heed to yourself. In chapter 6 says, You men of God, flee these things. Flee these things. Right above says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. The lust of the world. The, 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 the love of the world. The John says in his epistle in, in 1 John, that If you have the love of the world, you don't have the love of God. But you, man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. So once we check on ourselves, then, then we, 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 if we recognize that we are engaged in those things that are not of God, that don't line up with the truth of the word of God, that are of the lustfulness of the world, the lustfulness of the flesh, and all the eyes and the pride of life, we are to flee from them. Don't just sit there and camp a little longer, but get up and run. Get up and go. Go away. Depart that. And be found continuing in the faith. It says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, gentleness. Be gentle, gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold, and I've said it before, this word lay hold is seize. Seize with a focus resolve. Put the focus on. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold, seize with a focused resolve on eternal life. Lay hold of eternal life to which you are called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So just because you're called by God doesn't mean it's all 
It's all up to God now. No, no, no. You engage. You contend. You you lay hold of that which is entrusted you. You you fight the good fight of faith. I urge you, verse 13, I urge you in the sight of God. You see, this is all in the sight of God. This is all before God. This is not before your neighbor or your pastor or your friend, although it is very evident to them as well. But really, ultimately, the consciousness that we are to have is that I live life before God. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ and before Christ Jesus, the one who died for you, that you really have no excuse. You know what? It was too tough, Jesus. I just had to quit. I had to, it's too, how can we say that to Jesus who endured the shame of the cross and, 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 and didn't, didn't shy back and hold back dying on the cross. Philippians talks about it. And so does Hebrews. In the sight of God and in the one that paid for your salvation. In the sight before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. That you keep this commandment. You keep this commandment without spot. Without spot. Well, we know he made us in the sight of God without spot. Blameless. And yet we are to keep ourselves before him without spot and blameless. I tell you how you do it. Keep a pure conscience. Keep a pure conscience. We know that through the blood our conscience has been cleansed. Keep a pure conscience. Don't be devious in your mind. How, how close can you get to the world and still be a Christian? Don't go and mimic the ways of the world and call yourself a Christian and stand up for God. Yes, maybe in the beginning we've all done it, but now that we've run this race this far, it's not the time to go mingle with the world and see how far we can go there and be as worldly as we can and still be saved. I won't take that responsibility on my shoulders, not in this hour. Paul says expressly the Spirit spoke to him that many would depart. At what point can, can we say we've departed? I don't know. Only God can judge that. Only God can judge the, the, the heart of man. But I don't want to take the chance. He's saying, I urge you. What a strong word Paul is saying. Just like saying flee from, from those things. The love of money, the ways of the world. Uh, if I just go just a little bit in verse 6 of that same chapter. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Be thankful. Be thankful. I find thanksgiving really keeps me. Thanksgiving, practicing being thankful and not being too quick to forget what God has done for me just because there's a new issue in my life. And so we have to keep ourselves without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. I just went back to verse 14 which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed, I love this, he who is the blessed and only Pontius, the King of kings and Lord of lords, this is who we run the race before. 
who alone has immortality, dwelling in inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. I want my life to give honor to that one. I want my life to give honor to the one that the only true, the only true pontiff, the only high priest. And we read through the book of Leviticus all the work the priest had to do, all the shedding of the blood, and he fulfilled it. And God calls him the only high priest. Oh my. Satisfied the fulfill the entire Old Testament, every requirement to satisfy the wrath of God because the penalty of sin is death. So that God can have his man back because of a shed blood. So he can now be the only Pontius, the only high priest because he shed his blood once and for all. Outside the camp, he shed the blood. For the remission of sins. We want to give him honor today. How do we give him honor? By believing him. By continuing in the faith. By not departing from the faith. Not departing from the faith. That's what Philippians 2. Let's go Philippians 2. two twelve. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You see, this, this, this work of salvation is of God. This call that we have is of God. This sanctification that we have in the sight of God is of God. But we engage with that work by departing from evil, by fleeing the lusts of the world, by not caving into the pressures of the flesh. We are reckoning ourselves daily. We, we daily pick up that cross. We are daily recognizing ourselves that we die in the flesh, that we have died, and that, that, that old man is dead to us now, and that now what is alive is the work of the Spirit. It is this movement of the Spirit that is within me, that is making me willing and conforming me to His will. Willing to, what does it say? It is God who works in you both to will and to do. He is the one that's making me compliant to His will by me yielding to his voice to will and to do for his good pleasure so I will hear at the end of the day welcome good I did it for his good pleasure not for my good pleasure I did it for a good pleasure of his good pleasure and what I see in this moment is that uh, the more I've walked in these these places and I know that that we're not done. We're, this is just the beginning of this divine walk and even dominion sonship. Is that the more you walk, you recognize his good pleasure is your good pleasure. You just want to live to please the one who is already pleased with you. You just want to, you want to yield to love. You want to yield to his goodness. You want to yield. You want to yield to his way. And that's what you call obedience. It's submission to 
his will in me and to his doing in me for his good pleasure. And that's what then if you flip over them, Paul writes, and these, these, these epistles are written in, in prison. They're written in prison. Chapter 4, 8. Finally, brethren. Oh, but you know, you know, if you just, what's right before that, he says, rejoice in the Lord in verse 4. Again, I'll say rejoice. Be happy today. That's how we continue. Continue in being happy in God. Continue in rejoicing in God. Continue in, in rejoicing in your salvation. Don't, don't cheapen this salvation just because you didn't have to bleed in the natural man to die on the cross. You are daily dying regardless, but, but you recognize it. You didn't have to be taken up Golgotha and carry that cross of Christ and, and be crucified and nails be pierced in, in, in your hands and in your feet. You didn't have to carry, of course, the thorn, the crown of thorns and have, had been bitten uh, by the Roman soldiers. You didn't have to undergo that. But don't cheapen it just because you didn't have to do it. Be always mindful of the price he paid. Be mindful of the cross through which you have reconciliation with your Father. That you now through the cross have peace with your Heavenly Father. Be mindful and rejoice that he died so you can live today. Don't ever let it depart too far away from your mind. And that's why we see Paul writing that we are aliens where in our minds. Because we tend to forget if we're not constantly reminding ourselves. How? Reading the word. Godly fellowship. Times of prayer. We let joy slip. We, we stop rejoicing. We get grumbly. We get complaining. Suddenly God's not doing, God, suddenly God's not doing what we want Him to do. Suddenly God's not doing enough for us. Suddenly, suddenly there's, there's a, a, there's a list of more of God to do. We're just not thankful what He's done so far. It doesn't mean He's not going to do it all. He already has done it all. In Christ. But be thankful what he's done for you this far. That's how you rejoice. You bring to remembrance the goodness of God. And look again. When you're rejoicing, look what happens. Let your gentleness be known to all men. To all men. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. You live life before God. The Lord is at hand. Be happy for him. And when you're happy for him, when you're happy in this salvation, you're happy towards all men. Suddenly, you don't have a bone to pick with anyone. No one. No one. You're just happy. You're happy. You're happy. Be anxious for nothing. How good God is to say, don't worry, child. Don't worry, child. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What a good, good father. He wants to know what's on your heart today. That's how you continue. You continue in fellowship with your heavenly father through the spirit. You continue in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's beyond peace, beyond what you've ever experienced, beyond what the human mind can fathom. It is a glory divine of knowing you're right with God, of knowing you have a pure conscience before God. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. You see, when we rejoice, we can be gentle because we live life before God. And that is producing peace in our life, which is guarding our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Do you see the flow of the Holy Spirit? That is the flow of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we actually protect our minds. By yielding to the instruction of rejoicing. By yielding to the instruction of being gentle. By yielding to the revelation that I do live life before God. And by being anxious. Anxious for nothing. And then from there, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, oh, I, 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 I think of this verse a lot. It's my little checkpoint list. The thought I'm thinking, is it noble? Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, is my thought pure? Whatever things are lovely, is this a lovely thought? Is this a lovely thought or condemning thought or judgmental thought against another? Whatever things are of good report, is this thought of a good report? Is there any virtue? And if there is anything praiseworthy, is this thought praiseworthy? Well, if it doesn't meet the criteria, God says, flush it away. Flee from that thought. Depart that thought. Because if you meditate that thought, which is not praiseworthy, it's not of good report, it's not pure, it's not just, it is not true. Then that is what caused you to depart from God. That's how subtle it is. Where were we aliens that Paul says in our minds? What happens in our minds? We think thoughts. You know how you depart from God? In your mind, you depart from God. Not when you catch yourself stealing or or or, or whatever debauchery act one can do once in their minds have departed from God. Cheating. Cheating people. That's why he says there is a place to rejoice, place to be gentle, place to be anxious for nothing. But really, the ultimate moment is how you rejoice in what you're thinking on. What you're thinking on, when it's praiseworthy, you will rejoice. When you're thinking, what you're thinking, if it's pure, you will be gentle to another. What you're thinking on, if it is true, then you'll be not anxious for anything because you know your Father God looks after you. That's, it's easy to speak it, but to apply it in one's life, it's a full-time engagement. That's why he told the Philippians here in in chapter 2, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work on it. We don't have to go in condemnation because for half the day we thought impure thoughts. All right, we just caught it. Let's change it now. Let's change it now. Let's practice thinking lovely thoughts. Let's create a beautiful garden in our minds. Let our thoughts be praiseworthy to God. Let, 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 Let our thoughts be Pure before God. Because what? We live life before God. In the sight of God. In the sight of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, 
meditate on these things. Don't meditate on how wrong the world is. Don't meditate on how crappy life can be. I'm sorry to use that word. Don't meditate on how off someone is is against you again and again. The same person, the same person, same bad attitude towards me, towards me, towards sweet little Desi. No, drop it. No condemnation against yourself nor another. If anything is praiseworthy, he says, anything, virtue. Is there any virtue? Is there anything praiseworthy? Meditate on these things. Think upon these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Do what Paul did. And the God of peace will be with you. Where he'll say, contentment, what does he say to, to Timothy there? What did he say? Great gain. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. That's how you walk in that statement. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, because you're content with God. You're happy with God. You're thankful for what God has done for you. And this is how you continue. This is how you run. This is how you veer not off of God. This is how you're not going to depart in this latter hour that we're living in. But you will be found running this race with perseverance, not looking back, but only with a forward gaze unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. We're done. Glory be to God.